Osiris. Hey, this is Brendan from Umphreys McGee. This podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. Osiris works in partnership with Relics Magazine. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 60 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside... Jeff Colas. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, Jeff, it sounds like you've had quite a week. It's been. It's been one of those weeks where stuff just isn't going, going how you'd like it to go. Car troubles, house troubles, I got a sick cat, uh, broke my finger, um... But the Memorial Day weekend is approaching, so hopefully a long weekend and some time with family will uh, will, will do me well. All right. Um, we had, uh, as we record this, uh, it was Election Day here in Kentucky um, yesterday. So we all got to uh, participate in the democratic process while it, as long as it continues to exist in our country. And um, so that was, a, that was a, you know, it was always fun. Yes. One of our neighbors got, got elected a magistrate, which is a, sort of a, the county commission. Uh, and so uh, we're excited that he that he had some success. Are you in the uh, Are you in the Kentucky Sixth, or are you Andy Barr's district? We are. Yep. So, yeah, we're in Kentucky so Sixth. Got a, so you had a race that people were looking at with Amy McGrath and uh, Jim Gray. Yeah, so Amy McGrath, who's the retired uh, lieutenant colonel, uh, you know, fighter pilot, ran against uh, Jim Gray, who's the mayor of Lexington, two-term mayor, pretty, you know, pretty popular guy. Uh, he ran against Rand Paul two years ago and lost for a Senate seat. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I was kind of, uh, kind of torn in that race. Uh, you know, I mean, I think McGrath's got some, you know. Uh, some energy on her side, but I, I always like Jim Gray too. So, um, you know, I, I think either of them will have a chance uh, against Barr in the fall, depending on sort of the national winds, I would say. Yes, I've, I've read more about Kentucky politics probably in the last three or four months uh, than I maybe ever have. Uh, so I saw, I saw a bunch of teachers ran for office. And some of them yeah, a bunch of teachers. Yeah, that was a big. That was a yeah, a big thing with the, the legislature sort of screwed all the teachers in the state, and so a bunch of teachers ran. And um, the I think it was the Senate um, like floor leader or so. Not you know not the not the like the majority leader, but one of the you know one of the leadership positions lost his primary. Um, so you know. That'll be interesting. And then the guy who ran, I don't know if you thought, you know, remember Kim Davis, uh-huh. uh, who was the, the clerk in, in Rowan County who did not give the uh, uh, marriage license to the to the uh, gay couple who are trying to get married. Uh, the, the guy who she, one of the two men who she, you know, refused to, to um, <clears throat> you know, issue a, a marriage license to ran 
not against her, but you know, in for her seat, uh, but lost the primary yesterday. So uh, to someone else in the Democratic primary. So um, that was that was something that would have been a you know pretty good story in the fall. Um, but you know, this isn't Pod Save America. This is uh, this is the bluest tape. So um, we know you folks are here to listen to uh, occasionally us to ramble, but mostly us to to listen to and talk about uh, Watchword Panic. And um, some we we got some uh, fall tour dates got announced recently. You excited about that? Saw that. Well, we're gonna get our get our fill of widespread panic we can't do too much harvey you know i think if if, if we start if we went back out on tour or saw more than like one or two shows a year people might start to, we, we, i think um we'd have to change this whole podcast and our tone and what we talk about but we're, we're gonna go to two shows this year right yeah. we're gonna go to uh you're gonna be coming down and we're gonna hit the shows here in memphis at mud island uh, the last weekend in june that's the plan, June 29th and June 30th. So um excited about that. I don't I don't know that I've I haven't seen a full I've seen a, a portion of a panic show um it was a few years ago at the Palace, but I don't think I've seen a full panic show. I mean, I mean this is pretty pathetic really. I mean, I should have seen them more often than this, but um I think it was let's see. It was 2006. Literally, been, yes. I, I mean, unless maybe I'm forgetting one, but I saw them with Jimmy, early Jimmy, October of of '06 at Rupp Arena, okay. and um, which I believe you also you oftentimes call the worst show you've ever seen. Is it that show? <laughs> no, I think it was the George McConnell show at Rupp Arena. Uh, was the worst show I ever saw. Um, but this one wasn't a whole lot better. Uh, October first, '06. But um, yeah. So no, I'm excited. It, it seems like the band is, you know, is is you know is playing pretty well. I've been keeping up, and uh, so we'll see how it goes. I, I saw that they were going to play three nights and in, uh, in Nashville, you know, which is a fun town over Labor Day weekend, and and a little bit closer to me than Memphis. But I mean, literally, this is how this is how old I am. I was like, oh man, three nights. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, and yeah, lots of that, that's, that's really expensive. All those hotel rooms. And it sends a cool venue. I think it's like six thousand people. Fish is going to be there in October, so that's uh, they're going to lot going on there. And then they're doing Milwaukee, and are they doing the St. Augustine thing again? Yep. And yeah, St. Augustine is uh, September fifteenth. Yep. So, and um, if anybody was super adventurous, you know they're doing the the three nights in Vegas, and then and then Fish is doing. I think two or three nights in Vegas, like three days later, you know, right after Halloween. So if you're, you know, if you're just a glutton for punishment and want to spend a week in Vegas going to, you know, hippie concerts <laughs> all week. You get a chance to do some serious damage to yourself when you have to talk book. But yeah, I think the, the shows here in June should be good. I, I, last time I saw them was when last time they were at Mud Island and it was thought that was the last time I was going to go see him. I had a nice little closing moment, end of the show, overlooking the river and the city in which I now live and thought, okay, this is maybe it. But then I was like, well, we got this podcast. And so we'll, uh, we, we, we're going to get together. We'll go to some shows. Um, we'll try to make ourselves identifiable. 
probably hopefully by not by the two old guys sitting either asleep or with their hands in their ch- hands in their chins during the uh, one arm Steve encore or something like that. So um, but, yeah, but we will uh, but we will be there and we're gonna try to get some folks together um, before the shows on Saturday, I think. So we'll have some more info about that as we progress um, into the month of June. Yep, yep. So stay tuned for news on that. But um, yeah, so um, so that'll be that'll be fun. And also, there was a. Uh, did you see they did a uh, a live? Uh, uh, it's not an archive release, a port songs release. Yeah, six nineteen ninety six. Yeah. So is that? Are you a fan of that show? <laughs> Honestly, that's probably one of the spurs, or I guess. Is it summer tour? I guess it's considered summer tour of '96. Yeah, um, um, that I probably don't know too much about, except I can probably tell you which source it was. Um, but I think it was Neumann RSM '91s. Um, but anyway, I think uh, I think I remember it being a pretty good show. I watched the or listened to the clip they put up online, and it sounds great. Uh, nice version of "You Got Yours," and so I'll, I hope hope folks will check it out. Yeah, no, that, it was interesting. I mean, that I'm I'm in the same boat. Like that was uh, that was not a show that I like had on tape or anything. You know, back when it's, it's between two shows I listened to yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, the Cincinnati show and the Cincinnati and the Buffalo show is super cool. The second set, especially on that Baltimore show at six twenty two, is really good. So yeah, I spent time with those three, but not a lot of time with Detroit. Um, but yeah, I think it um have to revisit it for sure. All right, so um, we've got a uh, we've got we've got something to celebrate this week in our theme. But um, before we get into that, besides you know car trouble and cat trouble and broken broken digits, uh, did you did you run into anything you know fun to share with the folks this week? Oh man, if if people are not watching Cobra Kai on YouTube. <laughs> They're missing. They're missing out. Really? Okay. It's brought me so much joy. Um, wow. Ten episodes. You can get a free free month on YouTube Red. Watch it. The first two episodes are free. I dare you to watch the first two episodes and not get the free month because huh. um, it's great. For those of you that don't know, Cobra Kai, of course, the evil dojo from Karate Kid, Johnny Lawrence, the evil sensei, um, of course, Ralph Macchio, Daniel uh, LaRusso, Yagi Do Karate. So basically the premise is Daniel's the winner, Johnny's the loser, down on his luck, and then forces sort of outside of their um, outside of them sort of bring them back together um, in, a, in a pretty cool way. So it's, it is so fun. I mean, it's just, it's vintage, it's retro, the soundtrack's awesome. There's all these subtle, you know, um, subtle and not so subtle homages to the, to the movie. Um, but it's sort of like if any of you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, um, Barney has that whole moment where, you know, he, Billy Zavka's on the show who plays Johnny Lawrence. And, and yeah, I think he actually goes to their wedding or something, Barney's wedding too. But anyway, he, uh, Barney always thought growing up that Johnny was the good guy in Karate Kid and Daniel was the bad guy, which is this awesome thing. And then you watch it, you watch the first couple episodes, and it's like, oh my God, is Bar- was Barney right? Is Johnny the one who I should have been cheering for all along? Um, and you'll have to figure that out for yourself when you watch the show. But it is it is so good. I cannot recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. If you grew up wow. with the Karate Kid movies, you're going to love it. Um, they got renewed for a second season. 
Um, the thing that's, I think, the most mind-blowing thing about it is Machio is 56 years old, which makes him at least five years older than Wilfred Brimley was when they filmed Cocoon, which is insane. Can't possibly be true. Legit fact, <laughs> not fake news. It is totally true. So anyway, Cobra Kai, that's my recommendation. How about you? Um, yeah, no, I've been wanting to watch that. And so I guess with that ringing endorsement, I'll probably have to get into it. Although I have, I feel, I have like th- multiple television embers burning right now. I have not completed um, the Looming Tower, which I talked about last week or the week before. Um, you know, we're in the middle of season two of Westworld, which I'm pretty sure I talked about, you know, last year. Um, and as well as season two of the, um, the always uplifting handmaid's tale. So where, where I'm in all those. And then also in this week's recommendation, uh, evil genius from Netflix. Have you, have you seen this? No, I haven't, but I've heard uh, a friend highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it is, I don't want to give too much away, but it's another entry in, um, the Duplass brothers, uh, Netflix contract. They were, uh, responsible for the executive produced the wild, wild country, uh, documentary. And, um, and so this is their next installment, I guess. And it's about the, the pizza bomber. Do you, do you, or, do you know anything about the story? I don't. So it's like a, a bank robber in Erie, Pennsylvania, who went in, and he had like a, he was a pizza delivery guy and he had a bomb strapped to his neck. And, um, and so he like robbed the bank and then the police pulled him over and then he had a bomb strapped to his neck. And that's about where I'm going to, I don't want to go too much further down, but just suffice it to say that it's not as simple as just this pizza delivery guy was robbing the bank. There was, uh, lots of other things at work. So, uh, it's only a four part. So it's a pretty short, um, thing but it's really interesting and um so <clears throat> i recommend that and i noticed too that they're doing a or netflix is releasing uh the staircase did you ever see that oh my gosh you have to watch that that's fantastic it is sort of like the f- the forerunner to these sort of true crime documentaries um and i've heard mark duplass talk about like when when serial and the jinx were super popular that he was like the staircase was where it was like sort of the best version of that kind of show and i think it's sort of an inspiration for them to do these kind of documentaries and it's coming back to netflix uh and they've added some new episodes too and um it's really really good about a um an unsolved or not you know a, a a murder that they were, it was either an accident or a murder. And uh, so it's, that's really good. If you haven't seen it, I think that's coming out next month. So lots of TV. Yeah. So evil genius. Yeah. Too much peak TV is what they say. Um, All right. So music, that's what we're here for. Um, We are going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of a, uh, a pretty substantial tour in the history of the band. Yeah, we're going to look at the Travel and Light Tour, which got started uh, 20 years ago this month. Um, 
really, I mean, you can say it got started at Angel's Camp on May 24th, which I don't think it's an official Traveling Light tour date, but a lot of, but, but the bands, Mountain Air, um, so I guess it really gets started off uh, May 27th, 98, which is a show we looked at a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, and so 527 in Mesa Amphitheater, and then they up through Red Rocks on June 13th before they jet off to Europe for a few shows and then back for a much larger tour on the East Coast, Midwest, and, and the South um, in July and the first part of August. Um, but of course, this show is... The first time Panic is headlining Sheds, um, going out on the road with bands like G-Love and Galactic, Mo, Government Mule, um, the infamous Sister Seven. Um, who else is on that tour? There's somebody, I'm forgetting somebody. Everything, yeah, I think, is probably on that um, tour a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you said the Mule and, uh, and Left Her Salmon. Yeah. Um, G-Love, I think, was sort of the, he probably did the most shows. but um, He did, yeah. Um, but this first run is, I mean, and a lot of guests, I mean, guests sort of pepper all of these shows. Warren and Woody sit in a bunch, Matt Apps, G-Love, Jerry Joseph shows up for some stuff out West. And then you got a bunch of some shows with Patrice Pike um, and some other folks later on in the summer on the East Coast. But for the most part, you know, there are these big festival shows. They're in sheds or other outdoor amphitheaters. Um headlining multiple bands there's a couple one-off shows one of which we'll be talking about tonight um but for the most part i gotta say that i kind of i would say i ignored these shows but didn't pay a ton of attention to them which seems to be a recurring theme with this because if everybody has to realize if we just played our favorite show i mean we've heard a lot of this music but we haven't heard everything so um so it's fun to go back and listen to this stuff but one of the things that we started looking at or i started looking at was a trend that really popped up was the number of sandwiches that Panic did, especially in the first part of the Traveling Night Tour. If you, again, it's about it's tw- if you count Angels Camp, which I will for the sake of just this math. If you t- not including Chili Drums Chili or Papa Drums Papas, they did twelve sandwiches in fourteen shows from May twenty fourth through June thirteenth, including. One, two, three, four, four that they've, I don't have not done since, Um, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. So there's a lot of experimentation going on. It's splitting songs for the first time. We see this on this tour and just some really random, random song pairings um, and done in creative ways. And the band is seemingly having a lot of fun and, and sort of reveling in what's going on, throwing some real curveballs. Um, at the crowd and again you get some standard driving disco driving there's approving blackout proving which is something they've done before we've actually covered i think at least one of these before we did driving bears gone fish and driving from the gorge on june 7th and then did we do um stop go mammoth stop go from 612 for the red rocks shows last uh, i think year? we might have for the red rocks shows yeah might have. So, okay so we covered two of them but there's some really good ones that we haven't gotten to and i it's just what when you listen to them, the thing that I always love, thing that I always love, and what I try to focus on listening to these sandwiches and these new pairings is how the how the transitions go. I mean, the songs themselves are interesting, but the transitions to me is what really makes these these special. And I think for something that the band had not done before, or things they only did one time, they definitely pulled these off in that regard. So um, I think you all are going to enjoy what we've picked for tonight, Harvey. Do you have any? other comments before we get started with the music yeah i mean i think uh 
like I said, you know, this is an interesting moment in the band's history. Um, you know, we covered the, you know, the sort of first Europe tour and then obviously that massive, uh, moment in Athens, uh, in April with the hundred thousand people. But, um, like you said, the first time headline and sheds, they, you know, they played some before, um, but never uh, like a full tour where they're playing these big outdoor venues on their own as the headliner. And, um, and so, yeah, it's sort of the, and if I recall also, weren't they supposed to, or wasn't there some discussion that they were going to tour with the stones in the summer of 98? And I could have sworn that, that um, because they did like a, so I can find there was, you know, they did a, at the end of this tour. So the tour was to, I guess, promote life. You get away. Right. And that was the travel and light was the quote unquote single because, you know, panic just nails singles, but, um, that's what they called it. But I think the, uh, at the end of the tour, they did like a rooftop show at CNN. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, and so they played like three or four shows, three or four songs on the rooftop of CNN. And, I think like during the interview, JB talked about, um, you know, that, or I think that the person interviewing was like, you know, you guys were going to go out and play with, you know, with open up for the turn down, open it up for the Rolling Stones. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, um, the folks, you know, they, when they come out to see us, they want to see us play for a few hours. And, you know, we didn't think that was fair to just play a 45 minute set every night. And, um, so Maybe I'm wrong, but that's that was my recollection. And so, it, either way, it makes for a good story. But yeah. um, <laughs> who cares? If it, it's true, right. If that, but if that was the case, then you know, in, instead of doing that, they decided let's do this, you know, sort of, you know, festival type tour, you know, sort of mini horde of our own tour, and uh, and they, you know, they pull it off. And uh, you know, the tapes aren't necessarily the best because they're playing these big venues and. They hadn't gotten the new, it's the new sound system came in the fall of 98. Sorry. Yeah. So, you know, it was a little boomy, but, um, you know, there's was, was definitely some good playing. The shows, and, from uh, first, the shows from the first part of this, of, of the tour from out West sound much better than the shows from the second part. Yeah. So, but anyway. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So, we'll, uh, we're going to, you got a couple passages we're going to start things off with. Yeah, let's get started. We'll, uh, let's head on into May 30th, 1998 at the County Bowl in Santa Barbara, California, and we'll follow it up the next night at the Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles. Thank you. 
Our first two segments of this Travel Night Tour sandwich, special sandwiches show, um, May 30th, 1998, the County Bowl in Santa Barbara, the encore from this show, um, Low Spark into Dream Song and back into Low Spark. Just absurdly good. Um, these songs go really well together. The transition into Dream Song is, is, is pretty stellar. Um, taking two songs that are sort of encore staples um, and putting them together in this way. Um, really cool stuff um, by the band. And then the next night, Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles, May 31st, um, two sandwiches, this show, um, towards the end of the show, they had a driving, disco driving, an all-time favorite. But right at the outset, after an opening, send your mind, pigeons in the weight of the world, and then back into pigeons. Um, Harvey, got any comments about these two selections? Um, I really like the low spark, uh, dream song, low spark. I think that's, uh, such an awesome pairing for an encore, um, the best of both worlds sort of. And, um, the, the pigeons way of the world pigeons was good. I, I didn't think it was as good as the, um, you know, I'm a little bit selfish here, but the, uh, the split pigeons, I think it was, was it pigeons? Please pigeons from Red Mile in '96. Um, my recollection of that one was that the did, and I don't did we play that? I know we played a bunch from that show, but um, I don't think we've played that portion yet. Uh, we haven't, so look for that at a future show. But like the way they came back into pigeons in that one at the Red Mile was just like just the the drums were just like it was like a heartbeat like it was just hitting so hard and i didn't and now i was looking for that in this one and i didn't get it and so i was just a little disappointed but i mean it was still it was really good and the the transition from pigeons in the way to the world was really good but it was just the one back into pigeons that wasn't it just didn't like you know blow me away like the one from from red mile 96 but um but both both definitely good it was and i never i don't think i'd heard either of these so good uh Good finds, you know, uh, diamonds in the rough, so to speak. <laughs> um, and you did, during the break, you did some research on this Rolling Stones uh, news. Yeah, so I found, just like, you know, I went, p- pulled up the old Google machine, and um, apparently uh, there was a, well, there was an article from the New York Post in July of 99 uh, in an interview with JB. I guess in advance of their, they did two nights at Roseland Ballroom, I think, in that summer of 99 um, with Dirty Dozen. And um, they were talking about the fact that they had turned down the Woodstock uh, 99. uh, You know, I guess Panic had been invited for a set at Woodstock. And I don't remember that being a thing, but you you did. You recall that. Yeah. Probably one of the best moves that the band has made. Yeah, solid. You say what you will about Brown Cat, and uh, but that was a wise decision. Uh, that one they knew. String Cheese Incident was there though. Yeah, and there were you know, and there were some good sets at that show. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, Limp Biscuit, not not one of those. Oof. Oof. 
So, um, yeah, a lot of bad things happened at that night. So panic. Was, so they were asking about that, and then it, that led into them, you know, asking about the Stones thing. And yeah, JB gave that answer that I was talking about, where basically, like, you know, they didn't think it was fair to themselves or to their crew to go set up for forty-five minutes and play while you know Stones fans were getting their beer and sitting at the you know finding their seats. And um, so, uh, yeah, so that was the. Uh, I want to say Bridges to Babylon tour in the summer of 98. So instead of that, Panic did the uh, Travel and Light tour. So we're, I think we're all happier for it. <laughs> Although it might have so been cool got- to see, you know, maybe, you know, Mick or Keith would have come out and done, you know, Chili Water. Did they do that? You think they ever guessed on the openers? Probably not. Ever. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure they're, they're sitting off stage the entire time paying rapt <laughs> attention. <laughs> Pay, paying watching the openers and right. the band i'm sure they hang out with the opening band a lot you know they're playing together backstage like i'm sure it's just what happens right um was that that tour that they did oh god what, three four years ago that americana rama tour where it was like wilco dylan you're right yeah, totally, yeah 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 and i think i read somewhere that like dylan was the uh, headliner of that tour but like nobody saw him right the entire like yeah, no, I think it was like Jim James was like, it was really excited because yeah. like, you know, Dylan was like his hero and it's just like, he, I think they, I think they ended up maybe playing like one, like the, like one show they, they, you know, got to go out and play with Dylan. And, uh, yeah. Last time I saw Dylan was, uh, it was 2012, I guess. And it was in Madison and Mark Knopfler opened and it's like, oh man, Mark Knopfler, Dylan, like literally Mark Knopfler played all the house lights came up. They took apart the entire stage, rebuilt the entire stage. House lights went down. Dylan's band came out. And then all of a sudden you hear this singing and then hidden off to the corner, off in the corner is Bob Dylan, like behind a piano Mm -hmm. wearing some hat pulled down over his eyes. And then you put, they'd hardly put the camera out. I mean, the show was great, but it was, this is in his, uh, you know, he had his pencil mustache and these wide flat brimmed hat. He looked like a retired gunfighter. Um, but it was so weird. And so then when I heard that story about like nobody seeing him on that tour, I was like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I just, yeah. Um, well, anyway, so let's jump into our next two selections and uh, we'll do one of the, got something from one of the one, um, tr- part of the travel night tour, but not a festival. One of the rare two set shows um, uh, from the tour. Um, that's June 2nd at Montezuma Hall at San Diego State University. And then uh, a couple nights later, um, all, all the way up in Oregon, uh, June 5th, at the Cuthbert Amphitheater in Eugene, Oregon, the home of the University of Oregon. Um, and again, these are two sandwiches that have only been done done the one time. And we're going to play a little bit of extra uh, for you because Harvey's really fond of the f- couple songs preceding this first selection. And I'm really fond of the couple songs for seeing the second selection. So let's get started. June 2nd, 98, San Diego State University. And we're going to get started with Wondering. Working on 
started off with June 2nd, 1998 from Montezuma Hall on the campus of San Diego State University in San Diego, California. Uh, we heard uh, Wondering into Party at Your Mama's House, into Pusher Man, into the Bloodkin classic, Who Do You Belong To, and back into Pusher Man. And then June 5th, 1998 uh, from Cuthbert Amphitheater in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, you heard the opener, basically, of the one-set show, AFD, into Holden Oversoul, into Stop Go, into You Got Yours, back into Stop Go. The uh, the June 2nd show is something that is kind of rare, I think, which is JB calling a shot before a set. Like, you've heard him say, you know, we talked about Ames 97, where he says, here's, a few, here's some songs guaranteed to make you cry. Pretty little songs guaranteed to make you cry, and then they play Proving Ground. And then uh, November 17th, 2000, um, which is the show where the band was really late getting to the venue. For so, for I think they had bus trouble or something. And so the crew, I think the crew sound checked and wrote the set list, which is why that mm. first set is so heavy. I mean, it, and it's awesome. And then JV comes back and says something like, here's some, we're going to play some nicer songs for you, the set, um, which, which they did. I mean, the first set is so good from that show um but this one he comes out he says he, you know mumbles and then it is jb jb is a voice something like um got something special coming up for you this set and so sort of calls their shot right with the pusher man who do you belong to pusher man i'm assuming that's what he's talking about because it's the only time that they had done it the only time that they've ever done it um yeah well, and i mean the whole you know really if you look at the set list i mean it's good but it's not like jump jump off the you know the paper at you but um you know this is the the wondering you know we we played wondering um last week right the uh, the variations show from the previous wondering like from five days earlier the very first wondering with the jam and then they do this the next time they play wondering they do wondering with a nice jam and then part of your mama's house was a really nice jam and a into pusher man so they were you know it felt like they were i think they were getting a little squirrely uh, you know at the show maybe because it was this one-off where they got to play two sets and and uh stress their legs out a little bit and not have to you know be quite as much in a time crunch and um this is a good one for sure um yeah but it has those little elements um of a good show has a sandbox in it um shows up as a first set diner um mm-hmm. so the Hatfield, Hatfield opener, opener in San Diego. It's, it's a good show. And then the one on six, so six, three, they go to um, June 6th, they go to Las Vegas. Um, and then six, five, they're up in, up in Oregon. And again, this is a show that I don't think I had listened to much to, which is well, so clearly something was missing in my life. Cause this show was good. Um, mm-hmm. Start to finish. I mean, 
just starts out so strong. The AMD is nice and tight. The Holden is just fire. Um, and then stop go, you got your stop go. Um, again, the transitions um, with the with, with the stop go sandwich are just really really solid. And then you got a bar stools, and you got a chili drums chili, and you got a walk on, and a Conrad closer, and a just kiss my baby with um, Galactic sitting in. Like that's a damn good show, man. Yeah, that works. <laughs> so yeah, I bet the drums is pretty good too with uh, with Matt Apps and Stanton Moore on yeah. drums. So this is, I mean, again, in terms of the the later part of the tour, the West Coast shows with Galactic and Governor Mule. Um, playing with them, I mean, are really good and just some, got a ton of guest spots. So, um, so let's skip ahead a few shows to June 9th of 98, and this will be our last selection of the evening. Um, they head on to Portland, Oregon on June 6th, and then they go to the Gorge for a two-set show, which we've touched on before, the driving, Bears Gun Fish and Driving. And then over to Sun Valley, Idaho, the Elkhorn Amphitheater, and this is, again, another show that is just great from start to finish um disco and avis greta way to the world opener and then happy child happy help me somebody space wrangler please jam uh gilded splinters with alan with government mule uh drums with matt apps and stanton moore black hole backwards and then the selection that we're going to talk about um the chili water impossible sandwich and then the encore lowrider maggot brain chainsaw city i mean good gracious I mean, you you talked about a dark first set at that show in 2000, <laughs> but I mean, how do you, I mean, oof, Gilded Drums, Black Hole, Chili, Impossible Chili, and then Lowrider, Maggot, Chainsaw City. It's like, that's about as dirty as it comes. Dirty and just some guitar hero with uh, Hauser and Warren and, and Jerry Joseph on it. Just some, it's, it's good stuff. So um, so we're going to play the, the closing segment, the Chili, Impossible Chili. Uh, from June 9th, 1988, Sun Valley, Idaho. <laughs> 
Oh, 
1998, the Elkhorn Amphitheater in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, the closing segment from this uh, single set show, Chili Water into a possible Back into Chili Water. Uh, one of two on record that I've noticed. The second one wasn't done until April of 07. Um, I always love hearing impossible in random places in interesting places. Cause it's sort of, to me, it's always a song for a long time. If you look at the companion, it was attached to heroes. Uh, those two songs kind of went together um, for a long time. And then also heading heading into drums, which is a frequent, time, you know, the first few times I heard impossible was that was where it was in the set. Or com- we're coming out of drums too. Of drums, like- yeah. Which is a perfect place for it really. Um, but it's fun to hear it sort of in, in, in random and different places. And this is really good. Um, this is one of our recurring themes or, or topics on this show is engaged JB. Um, if you want to know what engaged JB is, check out the, after they come back into Chile, um, he is all over it. Um, and it's, it's great. And this is one of those things where it reminded me of, this is the era when those, those stickers turned up that say, would say turn JB up that you see right. on tapers cases all the time. It's amazing what the tapes could pick up that we couldn't pick up at shows. Um, oh, good point. Because he is a lot higher in the mix than I think maybe what, than what we could hear. Um, and I think most of that, this tour, again, was before the new sound system, was before that Danny decided to start throwing bombs all over the place and push schools way up in the mix. So I do think it got harder to hear him later on in 98. But here, he's very, he's crystal clear almost on a lot of this stuff, and it's it's great. So it's fun to hear him. And good show. Again, check out the whole thing, because like Harvey said, it's if you like if you like heavy panic, if you like dark panic, this is this is your show. Yeah, th- this night and then the, and the next night is really good too. And uh, it's West Valley, Utah. Um, me and Devil Riders on the Storm encore, <laughs> pretty decent. Uh, that was leading into the to the Red Rocks, um, the, you know, two nights of Red Rocks in '98. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, good selections, Jeff. These are all these are all you. I'm, you know, I'm happy to uh, happy to pass the pass the baton every once in a while. Um, <laughs> But happy, uh, you know, happy to play good music for the folks. I don't know that we played, you know, uh, music that was better than you know what the what the people at, at Woodstock '99 heard. But uh, but we did our we did our part here that celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Travel and Light Tour. Yeah, so I think it's a this is a good opportunity for us to uh, pay homage to Woodstock '99 again during during the break. We spent a little time on the uh, on the Wikipedia's. And looked up the uh, the track list for the Woodstock '99 uh, soundtrack, which has a robust two star rating from AllMusic.com, which isn't exactly you know the end all be all. But if you get two stars on All Music, it's a pretty safe bet that you didn't hit, you missed the mark a little bit. But there's something that really piqued our interest, and we're going to use that as our outro music this week. Um, you know. Was that Limp Biscuit? <laughs> no, it was actually Corn, uh, and then the special sit-in that Guster did with them. That that you know. <laughs> Shut up! There's no way that, that happened. I'm joking. Uh, okay. But anyway, before we get into it, thank everybody for listening to the pod. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back and see us again next week. Um, come see us in Memphis, June 29th and June 30th. We'll be sharing more info about that. Um, as always, bluestape.com, Twitter, Facebook, and check out Osiris and all the great podcasts on their network too. So let's send it out with our tribute to Woodstock 99 and Creed. Well, 30 years ago, 
of the original Woodstock, this man we're about to introduce decided not to play. We called him up and said, hey man, come jam with us. This is Robbie Krieger from The Doors, man. All right. Oh, are these guys great or what? I'm 